0: Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben, Doc G, Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I am your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one. The only Mikey Maximus the Furnicus Charette AA, if you're nasty. Say what? AA Mike C checking in. What's up, Doc G? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I uh, stole that if you're nasty part from Janet Jackson. <laughs> so true. Uh, 80s lovers will know that. But other than that, Mike, how are we doing? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Mm -hmm. Uh, I
1: see you're drinking some... some, uh, Xavier. Xavier.
0: We're not sponsored, but uh, I like a calorie-free day, you know? (laughs) You know? And this is the grape. It's not my favorite. As I've told you all fair, orange. Orange is my favorite. Which usually isn't my favorite in a lot of flavored drinks. But for Mm -hmm. some reason in this, It is. It is. So there you See, go. See, I can't That's think of the
1: opposite. I can't think of a drink where grape is a good flavor.
0: You know what, Mike? I've never actually heard somebody <laughs> say this this name. I, I just had a realization. I guess it's Zevia. So true. Zevia. Because, you know, it's Stevia. So that would mm-hmm. make sense. I'm a moron. Anyways, um, <laughs> Mike, we've got bigger news <laughs> than calorie-free drinks coming up. We've got very exciting news. What's next weekend? next weekend is valentine's day it's is close that? it's close to next weekend but <laughs> i don't know <laughs> what what is What's the, next weekend Doc the G? sporting event mike
1: oh the super bowl the ah.
0: super bowl yes i'm gonna be honest i feel like the super bowl is sort of forced fun for me it's borderline mm. force fun you know That's interesting, interesting. I mean, do you feel like that? Do you really have a drive to watch the Super Bowl? that You're just like, I got to do
1: it. It's got to be I mean, there. I, feel, I definitely feel like it's a little bit forced fun, but I didn't think that you would feel like it's forced fun for some reason.
0: I mean, it's just a little bit too much pomp in circumstance and just uh we're gonna, the pageantry and like, I'm just like, just play the yeah. game, man, yeah. just play mm-hmm. the game and watch it. Like, and, and you know, the other thing that I don't like about it is, is normally when I'm watching sports, no one else gives a <laughs> you know? I'm watching a bunch <laughs> of games that no one cares about. And I come in, I'm like, yeah. oh my God, did you see the jazz game? And people are like, what? Nope. Watch the jazz game. I'm like this nerd, you know? But instead, yeah. with the Super Bowl, you know, everybody does. And then it's one of those things that you gotta you gotta all con you gotta, you know, congregate at your job and be like, oh my god, did you see that commercial? Did you see when this happened? Blam. Did you see when that happened? <laughs> you know, so it's a little bit of force fun. It is. I agree. It's a I little agree. bit no, of force fun. But regardless, Mike, I'm here for the listener. You're here for mm-hmm. the listener. Mm -hmm. We're not here to, you know, have our comeuppance. We're worried about them. So, I think I need to give you some Super Bowl information. Some Super Bowl information that will allow you and the listeners, more importantly the listeners, to head to their Super Bowl celebrations confident with cool information that they'll be able to tell everybody else. that They'll be like, holy this guy is awesome. I need to hang out (laughs) with this guy more often because he's got cool facts. Mm -hmm. So are you ready for some facts, Mike? I'm ready for some facts. Mike, go ahead and guess. Just guess the average cost of a ticket over the last five Super Bowls. How much do you think it costs? One ticket, five Super Bowls. Hmm. Average cost, three and a half thousand. It's a pretty good guess. That's actually probably more than I would have guessed, even though like $6,382. Wow. Inflation. Come on. 6,382 I'm going to be straight up with every listener out there. If I got a ticket for this game this year, I would sell it so fast right now. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yes! Like almost $10,000? Like I $10,000 or watch two teams I don't really care about and influence my life zero. Yeah, I'm going to go with the $10,000. Like, come on come on that's ridiculous
1: six thousand. yeah it's pretty
0: expensive that's very very expensive mike yeah it is plus i gotta fly out to to arizona i gotta stand with a bunch of goobers around me wherever i'm at in the stadium i don't Mm want to do that Mm -mm. give me the cash give me the cash listeners uh i have no (laughs) poll that you can uh, automatically put in but give me your thoughts cash or, or ticket I would definitely take the cash. Um, Mike, yeah, here's another be. fact. Did you know this? This will be the first Super Bowl that we have two black quarterbacks going head-to-head. Oh, I did read that. I yeah. read about that, yeah. Yeah, court first, awesome. First, quarter, first two uh, black quarterbacks going head-to-head. We've had black quarterbacks in the history of the NFL, but this will be the time that both teams are led by a black quarterback, uh, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, mm-hmm. yes, I know his name is Mahomes, but I still like to call him Mahomes. Mahomes um, <laughs> I like that. Mike, what do you think their combined age is? Take a number. Take a number. This is the youngest quarterback matchup in history. Not mm. only do we have this uh this new uh the new record of, of two black quarterbacks, it's the youngest, youngest matchup. What do you think their age is? Uh, combined age. Twenty five? Combined age.
1: Hmm. So combined age, um, 50. Very close.
0: Very close. 51. Jeez. Ah. 51, Mike. Youngsters. Young bucks out there. Just being young. You know we've got some 52-year-old listening to the show right now like (laughs) (laughs) Been alive longer than both of them combined. Ah. And I'm not no playing chance. in a Super Bowl. Nope. I'm listening to the Doc G show. This sucks. This sucks. <laughs> Doc G, I don't know if this is where you're going with this, but I did
1: recently uh, see the, a photo of a guy. What was the oldest quarterback in the NFL? I think he was like 39. Uh, later. Tom, Tom Brady, 45. 45. No way. 45. Okay, so Tom Brady's 45. So there was an even older quarterback back in the day. Probably.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, every now and then you had, oh, you know what, during break, we'll look it up. We'll yeah, look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you this. know, Tom Brady's old as Yeah, he is. I, mean, I didn't know he's 45. 45. Wow. 45. 45. Yeah, it's crazy. Man, he looks great. He looks 45. phenomenal. 45. And he looks amazing. Yeah. All right. I'll Don't stop. worry. We have more <laughs> Tom Brady news coming up later <laughs> in the show, listeners. Go ahead, write it down. It'll be after the first break. Um, Mike. This Super Bowl will also be the uh, uh, be the, the first Super Bowl to feature a little brother-on-brother action in the game. Word. Two brothers going against each other on the Eagles and on the Chiefs. On the Eagles, you've oh, okay. got Jason Kelsey. On the Kansas City Chiefs, you've got uh, Travis Kelsey. The Kelsey brothers playing against each other. Pretty amazing. So obviously, I don't know a lot about football.
1: Are these guys good? Are they like kind of like stars on their well, team?
0: Travis Kelsey, we had as a uh, as a um, birthday suit wear uh, a couple months ago. He's okay. uh, he's pretty phenomenal. He's one okay. of the he's one of the best tight ends out there. Um, All right. His brother too. I mean, they both potentially could be in the Hall of Fame. Potentially. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Surprisingly, me and my brother. Uh, With a combined weight of like 300 pounds and absolutely no athletic skill. We haven't had the opportunity to play in a Super Bowl against each other. I don't know. I don't know if it'll ever happen. Me and him are both still younger than Tom Brady, so it could. Who knows? Mm. Don't don't count us out, Mike. Um, Gotta go to the camps. Exactly. You got a training camp. Mike, uh, Twitter is doing what it does best. Something dumb. Uh, yes. There was a tweet that went viral that the NFL script was leaked and the final score of the NFL was released. It was already known because, you know, there's this, this conspiracy that the NFL is scripted, that it's not real. It's like right. professional wrestling. Like that's even but better acting. Yeah, yeah, amazing <laughs> acting of just the most insane things you've ever seen. Uh, the supposed league score was Kansas City Chiefs 34, Philadelphia Eagles 37. So if that ends up being the final score, uh, Mike, you can go ahead and mark it down. Tupac is probably alive, too. So just go ahead mm, and circle so true. that. Maybe the world is flat. A couple other things. Throw it in there. Call it a day. Um, <laughs> Mike, have you heard what '90s movie star is making a comeback in an ad in the Super Bowl? Hmm. No. Who is it? Alicia Silverstone. Yes.
1: Yeah. Buffy the Vampire uh, Reboot. Clueless. Clueless. Dude,
0: what do we got Clueless. Yes. She's coming back as Cher Horowitz in an ad for uh, Rakuten. Yeah. Yeah. Rakuten. Yeah, and I'll be honest. I, you know, the the um the ad's already out. You can watch it on YouTube. You know, it's one of those they give a little precursor. You know, she looks good. She looks real good. Yeah. You're like 45, man, man. That's right. Looking good, Alicia. Nice job. Fantastic. Mm. Anywho, Mike, as you may know, Rihanna performing halftime. Um, okay. This will be the first time she's performed. In three years. Jeez. And it's been seven years since she's released an album. But you mm. got to say, that's a nice way to fire up your career again. Like, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. She for ca- sure. calls up her agent. Hey, I was looking to do a show, you know, dip my toe in. Maybe something small to start off. I was thinking like... Hmm. 65,000 people in person, maybe 200 million on TV. <laughs> Something to get my feet wet. Like, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Mike, little prop bets before we we fire this show up. We got a couple prop bets. It's one of the best things about the Super Bowl. They've got all kinds of ridiculous uh, bets that you can bet on things that have nothing to do with football, right? So okay. first off, Will any words be omitted in the national anthem? That's a prop bet. Hmm. You can bet whether or not there are any words, and it's a plus 900, you know? So that's nice. Put down 100, get 900. That's not bad. That is not bad, but I'm going to be honest. I don't think Chris Stapleton is missing any words. He's who's singing the national anthem. and
1: No way. He's a pro.
0: Yeah. Nah, Mr. Stapleton doesn't seem like he's going to be doing that. Next one, Mike, the color of Rihanna's hair. You can guess that for the halftime show. Hmm. And uh, if you've got blonde, that's plus 600. Plus Mm. 600 for blonde Rihanna. Not bad. Not bad. Mike, you can also guess what color liquid will be poured on the winning coach. Hmm. If you choose purple, that's plus a thousand. If they're going grape, that's plus a thousand, Mike. Jeez. And just so you know, blue has been the the color of choice. It's been four out of the last ten Super Bowls were blue when they poured it on the uh, on the wow. couch. Yeah, yeah. Last one, Mike. Last prop bet. Kevin Hart will he show up during the Super Bowl broadcast? That's actually a minus two fifty. come on! So for the betters out <laughs> there that don't know, you got to put down a, uh, you got to put down two hundred fifty dollars just to make a hundred, just to make a hundred. That will tell you that Kevin Hart has been going to too many Eagles games. So true. Games. <laughs> Needs to slow down, stop being on TV so much. But Mike, are you ready now to go to your Super Bowl celebration and fire the show up?
1: yes let's fire the show up doc g all three
0: engines up and burning two one zero and lift off mike we have a fantastic show we have an amazing artist mr jesse roper jesse is from british columbia the dude he's been making amazing tunes for the last decade i mean Mm -hmm. just some good ones out there he just released his latest album horizons and the man sings his pants off on this song Mike Sweet. sings them off not literally I, I well he has a couple of pictures on his Instagram where he's partially nude but I don't think that was due to mm. singing huh? so anyway <laughs> I can't exactly I can't wait to talk to him but first we need to start where we start Mike
1: the birthday suit Happy birthday, mr president
0: Mike, we are on an unbelievable tear right now. You are 8-for-12, and I forgot to mention last week, you were 3-for-3 last week. Nice. You were 3-for-3. Yeah. Yeah. So right now, you are just, wow. You're just tearing it up. Just tearing it up.
1: I appreciate that. I'm trying.
0: January was a hot month for you. We're going to try to keep Mm. it going in February. Uh, The first birthday suit. Thank you, got it. Pretty okay. positive you got this one. Born on February 8, 1990, in Los Angeles, California, his mother was a terrific collegiate volleyball player, and his dad was a number one pick in the 1978 NBA draft. Talk about some genes. That's some predisposition for athletics right there (laughs) yeah for sure come on that's not even fair he played basketball all throughout his youth and ended up going uh coming out of high school as the 51st overall ranked high schooler he decided to go to washington state university he had three great seasons with the cougars at the end of his junior year He set the Washington State single-season scoring record with 733 points. He declared for the draft and was selected 11th overall by the Golden State Warriors. Hmm. He's in in his 12th season with the Golden State Warriors. Since being drafted, he's been a two-time All-NBA player, a five-time All-Star, a four-time NBA champion. In the 2018 season, he uh, during the finals he tore his ACL and missed the entire 2019 mm. 2020 season. Then, right before he was set to return, he tore his Achilles and ended up missing the entire 2020 2021 season. Jeez! On January 9th, 2022, he made his return to playing. Side note: Our birthday wearer has a bull a bulldog named Rocco. And our birthday suit wearer is an avid chess player. Name that birthday suit wearer. Clay Thompson. <laughs> Clay Thompson is correct. Nicely done, Mike. Nicely done. Clay Thompson. Interesting fella, that Clay. You know? Yeah, he is. And I feel like you just gotta I mean, you gotta feel for him for those injuries. Two yeah. solid seasons, completely off. I mean, you don't get to play. He didn't get to play for over three years. Yeah. Over three years that he didn't get to play. Just, and I mean, you know, and it is, it is crazy. Sometimes you do forget like the advances that we've had in the ability to recover athletes from injury. Mm -hmm. Because like back in the day, somebody tears their Achilles. That was done. That's a fact. Like you weren't coming back from that, that injury. Like, your season was done. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was a lot of famous athletes. I mean, that was basically the end of of, uh, Charles Barkley's uh, career. Uh, There were a lot of uh, athletes. I mean, you know, to a degree, it was sort of the end of Kobe's career. He came mm. back from the Achilles, yeah. but like he wasn't anywhere close to the same. He was
1: just at the tail end of like
0: the innovation and Achilles. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was right. I mean, stuff. it was improving there. And yeah. obviously it had improved a lot because he came back. He was able yeah, to actually sure. come back.
1: He had the high but, top Kobe's.
0: Yeah, but it, I mean, it's just just nuts, just nuts that he came back. And this last month, he has been tearing it up. That Clay yeah. Thompson, so true. Yeah, I mean, just just the other night, just I think it was Monday night. He had like thirty some points in a win, thirty some points that he it just dominated. You know, because right now uh, Seth Curry's out too. Steph, Steph Curry, Steph Curry, not not Seth. That's the weirdo brother. No offense, Seth, <laughs> but you are the weirdo brother. Anywho, anywho, Mike, are you ready to rip some headlines? Let's rip some headlines, Doc G. It's now time for RIP from the Headlines. Mike, yet another important trend has been shared on TikTok. Finally. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This new trend has shown horse owners rubbing their horses with mayonnaise. to keep... G, this
1: is a family show. <laughs> what are we about to start talking about?
0: Ew. Isn't that gross? Isn't that gross? (laughs) Rubbing their horses down with mayonnaise to keep their coats shiny. Hmm. Word. Yeah. Now, after I shared this news with all the listeners, is there anyone out there that still thinks horse people are normal? Nope. Like, come on. Come on now. No. Hey Jake, where are you going with that mayonnaise? Uh, Just going down to rub my horse down. You know, normal stuff. <laughs> like, ew! Gross, man! I don't care how shiny it makes their coat. It's gross! Don't do yeah, it. Yeah, it's weird. Mayonnaise is for good sandwiches. Good club sandwiches. Turkey, bacon, mayonnaise, third slice of bread in the middle. That's mm-hmm. what mayonnaise Ooh, is for. Third slice of bread. That's yeah. Pro move. That's classy right there. You, you cut it <laughs> cut it into force, Mike. You Not just the yeah. halves. You get the force... You, you you put the sandwiches on their side, little chips in the middle, a quartered pickle on the side woo mm. club sandwich that's yeah. mayonnaise that's right not horse coats that's weird <laughs> weird Mike have you ever been to uh sheets before the sheets store
1: oh yeah in uh Pennsylvania they got the uh they got yeah sheets
0: yeah it's a very it's a very mid-atlantic they're they're very in competition with uh wawa. You know? Yeah, they got
1: it's definitely a Wawa style it's store. It's
0: sheets, Wawa or seven eleven, you know? Oh no seven eleven. Not oh. even it doesn't even compare. Mike, I'm stopping at 7-Eleven. That's right. It's for brand and the nostalgia. I don't care. I know their food okay. I know their foods, goods, and services are way. <laughs> f-. Does not matter. Yeah. They don't have any tables on the outside of the seven eleven. Yeah, no, but at. nothing <laughs> says loitering better than a seven <laughs> eleven parking lot at two AM, Mike. Nothing says you have nothing to do than hanging around (laughs) with a Slurpee at 2 a.m. in a 7-Eleven's parking lot. Yeah. Regardless, Mike, this has nothing to do with loitering. Nope. Or the competition between those three stores. Nope. This story has to do with just one store, Sheets. Sheets. Apparently, back in January, Business Insider broke the news that inside the Sheets handbook... For their uh, employees, it says, quote, applicants with obvious, missing, broken, or badly discolored teeth, <laughs> in quotations, unrelated to disability, hmm. are not qualified for employment with sheets, end quote. Hmm. Mike, uh, not too surprisingly, they got some immediate blowback on the topic. So true. Uh, folks were not happy about this discovery. And last week uh, in a good response, the company announced they had just discontinued the policy. So that's good. That's Mike. good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, but a couple things on this rule, Mike, um, I'm no lawyer. But I think I could successfully argue the bulk majority of most missing, broken, or badly discolored teeth are related to a disability. That's a fact. Like, if I was in the court of law and I was a lawyer, I think I could argue, you know, even if you just don't brush your teeth. That's a disability of gingivitis and some other diseases that come (laughs) come up, you know. Like I I, I don't I don't know. That's uh you're you're making quite a gray area with your demand sheets. Yeah, I think they're trying to keep out the uh, you know the the riffraff of losing
1: (laughs) the riffraff.
0: But that's the second thing, Matt and Mike. Sheets is not a modeling service. Nope. I don't know about you, Mike, but I don't give an f. What your teeth look like when I am paying for my boss bacon sandwich and wrap snacks. Okay. Yeah, true. Less
1: teeth, actually, the more I feel like I'm in a gas station and Amen. this is the environment. That
0: Amen. I <laughs> Mike, and full disclosure, I've never had the boss bacon sandwich. But really? I, I looked at the sheets made to Sounds order good. menu and I saw it and I said to myself, I could see making that bad decision. I could, <laughs> I could do that. I can make bacon. I'm that a boss. Happen. I love yeah, I, bacon. Exactly. Exactly. This fits me. I'm going to do it. Sweet. Mike, um, it's not often that the folks in our state can brag about something, you know? No, not very often at all. But we in Florida can brag because we have something we apparently dominate in. Hmm. And that is deadly beaches. <clears throat>
1: Yes. Florida. New Smyrna. Florida
0: It's number one. Yes. Florida yes. has seven out of the ten most deadly beaches in America, Mike. Jeez. No other state even wow. has two. Two. <laughs> Mike, this list came from Travel Lens. And uh, you do have to take a little bit of grain of salt with their their list. It, it wasn't made off the best data. Their list came off of... Uh, Surf zone fatalities, hmm. number of shark attacks, and the number of hurricanes.
1: Hmm. And like- uh, I mean, Hurricanes doesn't count.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what, like, I was like, I mean, right. I, I get hurricanes are deadly, but they're not deadly in the sense of the other things you mentioned on the list. Nobody's out paddle boarding like, oh, s***, hurricanes snuck <laughs> <come> up on me. <laughs> no. Like, I mean, come on. Uh, come on. Yeah. Anyways, Mike, seven, seven of the top 10 out here. Uh, the only other states that we had on the list, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama. Now you got to give it up for Alabama because they've got a coastline of like 50 miles or less. So <laughs> yeah. to get one in there, that's pretty good. That's, that's pretty good work, Alabama. Per, I would actually say per mile of coastline, you're probably beating us. We got a lot of coastline, so. Yeah, we do. You know. Now, uh, I also say as far as the list, Mike, you completely eliminate all of this deadliness if you just stay out of the water and have a weather app. Hmm. All of those instantly become not deadly uh, based Wait, what off about of the shark
1: story? attacks, Dr. A, come on.
0: I said stay out of the water. Mm.
1: Oh, okay. True, 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 true. The deadliness of the beach is
0: very not deadly if you're just hanging out on the coast with your weather app. (laughs) Yep. There you go. Still no hurricanes. Okay. Good. I'm safe. Uh, Mike, speaking of Florida, there is a new luxury condo coming to Sunny Isles Beach. Hmm. Which, uh, if you're not familiar, Sunny Isles Beach is essentially North Miami. It's, uh, okay. you know, it's, it's it's up there before you get to Fort Lauderdale. It's a very ritzy place. Um, and, I mean, you know, I can just say finally. So true. A luxury condo in in Miami. <laughs> what the world has been asking for, am I right? That's right. Am I right? That's right. My am goodness. Right. Now, you're probably asking yourself, Mike. What's unique about this? Why am I interested in this luxury condo? Well, hmm. first of all, it's the- Can I it, guess? Okay. They're building it in the water. Close. <laughs> We're going to lean into this climate change thing. Close. You
1: can't flood a building if it's already in the water. Sorry. Right.
0: No, very close, Mike. I, it, You're not far off, and you're not far off of my thinking, but <laughs> we'll get to that. The, the reason this is unique, Mike, is it's the Bentley Tower. Hmm. Yeah. And it's the highest, the tallest U.S. Oce- oceanfront building in the U.S. It's going to be the tallest oceanfront building in the U.S., which really, to me, seems like a giant sign to God saying, hey, bet you can't knock this one down. <laughs> Give it a shot. Do your worst, right? I just, seems sort of dumb. Yeah, same sort of dumb. it does. But Mike, the real showstopper in the Bentley Tower is that it's got a uh, Deservator. Word. The Deservator is a patented vehicle elevator system, which was first used right down the road from the Bentley Tower at the Porsche Tower. Oh yeah. But it does, right? Is that you can take all of your cars up to your your uh, building, uh, your, your room. Oh, so you nice. you've essentially got your garage beside your actual uh, condo. Hmm. Hmm. And you know, l- I Mike, don't get me wrong. I find these new condos. Fabulously amazing and such a waste for absolutely no purpose. Yes! I mean, if you've got billions of dollars, Mike, uh, the Porsche, the Porsche, uh, tower at one point in time had the largest percentage of billionaires of any, uh, of any building in America. So, wow. Yeah. So that's great. That's great. But sort of on your point, Mike, yeah. Aren't we a little worried about those rising sea levels, like?
1: Maybe that's the excavator. (laughs) Having (laughs) having the elevator? Don't worry about it. Our cars are
0: up with us. We're good. It's fine. No worries. No worries. Um, Mike, let's see. Last story before we go to break. I feel like some of our listeners have probably uh, heard about this story. It was out in the news. Um, you probably didn't hear it because you're not really into news stories. But uh, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. You might have heard this. Well, this is pretty big. An Italian we'll mafia see. member was apprehended last week after hiding out in France for 16 years after going on the run of being accused of several mob murders in Italy. Jeez. So this guy, uh, Edgardo, Edgardo moved from uh, from Italy to France and has been working as a pizza chef for the last 16 years. And he actually gained a good amount of notoriety in the area of France he was working at for being an amazing pizza chef. Like people just thought he was an awesome pizza chef. Um, And he was arrested just this past week uh, for those mob murders from 17 years ago. Mm. Now, you know, the the story, that's not what really got me, Mike. The story was the title of the story that I read. So I read the article from the Daily Beast, and here's the uh, title from that story. Quote, My boss on the run for 17 years busted pretending to be a pizza maker. End quote. (laughs) Huh? That's a horrible, horrible title, Mike. Yeah. First of all, it insinuates that he was busted for the act of impersonating a pizza maker.
1: Yeah, no, this murderer was great at making pizzas. (laughs) He was arrested for murdering
0: people, not for making pizzas. Second, Mike, I may be overanalyzing the story. I have a tendency to do that. That's what this section of the show is all about. That's what makes this section of the show awesome. Exactly. (laughs) But he wasn't pretending, Mike. Nope. He was actually making the pizzas. Yeah. There was no pretending about it. He became popular for doing it. I mean, if he ran from the police to the park and sat down on a park bench and then they arrested him, they wouldn't be like, mob boss on the run, busted, pretending to sit on a park bench. No, he was sitting on the park bench. That happened. I mean, just yeah. bad, Mike. That, that, that author should be
1: fired. Or <laughs> now, if he was sitting on the park bench wearing a chef coat and an outfit. <laughs> Pretending to be a pizza maker. Yes, Mike.
0: Yes, exactly. Gosh. And she should, the, the author of that, that story should be like, I don't know, demoted. Whatever they have lower, I'm sorry, with that title. And the editor, whoever let that slide by that was like, <laughs> yeah, that's good. That sounds good. Uh, Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with none other. Wait, we haven't got to the time for our, our guest yet. We're not going to be back with anything other than me and Mike. <laughs> We're going to hear from our guest right now. We're going to hear from Jesse Roper. This is his fantastic song, Eye of the Hurricane, right here on the Doc G Show.
2: Traveling on and on and on and on and on and on. Can you point me to the sweet green fields with the ever blue sky? Because I woke this morning in the hurricane's eye. see the sky you're always gonna wake in the hurricanes Travelling on and on and on and
3: on
2: and on Cause my feet are itchy and I don't want to die 31 morning in the hurricane's eye
0: Doc G, a show you just heard, Jesse a Roper, Mike, what do the listeners need to do?
1: Well, Doc G, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive way to waste their time, they should please subscribe um, on Apple Podcasts, wherever they listen Mm -hmm. to podcasts. It's a terrific, zero-cost way to support us, and if they're feeling extra generous... Please leave a five-star review
0: and comment. We love comments. Mm. 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 Mike, mm-hmm. I do want to send out a warning to the listeners—not like a like a, a warning to them, but a warning about the show. The first week of February, the listens were down mm. compared to January. <gasps> the hype is gone, guys. Uh, we need to get the hype back. Yes! We we were we were riding so high, guys. Keep the momentum going. <laughs> Don't let me down for the rest of, of 2023. Can't do that, guys. Girl, come on. Need it up there. Yeah. Come on. We do. Now, for the folks that are already holding up their end of the bargain, I need to thank them. That would be the regulars mm-hmm. and the semi regulars. So here come the regulars.
3: Shout out.
0: Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Noka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Tom's River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, Los Angeles, California, and Spartansburg, South Carolina. Nice. Shout out. Good list, Mike. Good, solid Regular listeners. Very We appreciate solid. them all. We do. We appreciate them all. We love you. Mike. Thank you. Semi-regulars. Got some interesting ones on the mm. list. Got some interesting ones here. Shout out. Shout out to Evansville, Indiana. Athens, Georgia. Oakland, California. Lake Havasaw, uh, Arizona. Mm. Fontana, California. Gaffney, South Carolina. Toronto, Ohio. Mm. Dubai, UAE. Boulder, Colorado. Saratoga Springs, New York. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Hey. Richmond, Virginia. Fairbanks, Alaska. Riga, Latvia. Alexandria, Virginia. Phoenix, Arizona. And Washington, D.C.
1: Shout out. Yeah. Cool. Thank you
0: to all the semi-regulars. Keep on listening, semis. Yeah. Make it regular. Make it regular. Make it a part of your day. Just like your daily meditation Mm -hmm. or daily probiotics, if you're like me and you're on a (laughs) probiotic regimen that you're interested in, fitness or Mm -hmm. eating. You know, just whenever you eat, be like, Oh, that's right. I gotta listen to the Doc G Show. Yeah. It might repulse you for the first couple of days. You might get an aversion to food because you're like, <laughs> Oh Jesus. That that voice is back again. But you can do it, guys. I trust you can. Yeah. I, I so. trust you can. Uh, Mike, we've got a couple things that we need to follow up on. First of all, we said we we're going to look it up in the break. We did look it up in the break. We rarely actually follow up on <laughs> things like that. So. so true. It's pretty good that we did this. Um, so oldest quarterback in the Super Bowl, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady by far. Now, oldest quarterback in NFL history, George Blanda. Yeah. Yeah. Forty-eight, man. Forty-eight. Forty-eight. I mean, it is insane to look at that list, and he played literally from the '40s to the '70s. It's <laughs> insane. crazy. Insane. It's insane. Although, I mean, you know, you look at you look at Tom Brady, and he played from essentially 2000 to 2023. So yeah, you know, okay. Nutter butters. Nutter butters. Mm -hmm. Mike, speaking of Tom Brady, we do have Tom Brady news. I'm going to actually go to the Tom Brady news before we break down pies for the listeners. It is important. We need to break down our pies. But I want to get to the Tom Brady news since we were just talking about Tom. And first of all, I got to say, how could our best friend do this to us, Mike? Yeah. Hmm. We come out on the show, dedicated news segment. To show Tom Brady our love. And mm-hmm. then literally right after we record the show, he's like, you know what? I'm going to retire. Bro, come on. Like, come on, Tom.
1: Yeah. Glam.
0: You couldn't come on our show and, and, and announce your retirement? You had to go break the news before we can even get our Tom news out there into the world. How could he do that to us, man? Yeah, missed opportunity. Yeah, like, why couldn't he call us up and be like, guys, I'm going to come on your show and announce my retirement. And we'd be like, Tom, totally makes sense. Yeah, why, for sure. Why would you go on your platform where you have 13 and a half million followers on Instagram and probably double that on your uh, weekly radio show when you could come on to our show and have way, yeah. way, way, way less of a platform? That yeah. makes way more sense. Hmm. Yeah, come way on our show, Tom. Less pressure. Yeah. Exactly. That, that's it. It will slowly leak out there yeah. into the world. Four months from now, people will be like, was he on a show and he retired? Apparently that happened in February. It's June. What the That's crazy. Yeah. He missed that. He missed that, Mike. He missed that opportunity. But, Mike, nonetheless, Tom has put a fork into playing. He is done. Yeah. He is done, Mike. I can't believe it. And, you know, hats off to him. As we've said many times, amazing career. Absolutely amazing. But, Mike, I also wanted to announce he didn't waste any time after he retired from playing to start getting freaky in his retirement. Wait, what? Really? Yeah. Already? On Monday, Mike, our man Tom got down, stripped down to his Brady brand underwear, and took a selfie on his Instagram. Wow. Yeah? Yeah. Straight-up underwear pick, Mike. Straight-up underwear pick of Tom Brady. Now, apparently, this underwear pick was a bet between him and his company that if his tweet about the brand's underwear got over 40,000 likes, he would recreate one of the underwear shots. Hmm. Which, come on, Tom. Come on, man. You knew it was going to pass 40,000 likes. Oh, yeah. For sure. Like you you might as well have been like guys guys if the sun rises and also sets <laughs> at least once in the next week I will recreate this picture like he
1: yeah, did say sets so I think is a pretty good uh,
0: Yeah said uh, who knows it may not happen Um <laughs> like but I got to say it's sort of like you mentioned at the, the top of the show Mike it's absolutely amazing to see a dude look this good In in this good a shape at forty five. That's a fact. At forty five, especially when he looks at least double the double doubly better than he did when he was twenty two. Yeah, triply better. That's right. Like you go back and look (laughs) at that famous combine picture of when he was twenty two, and you're like, really? That's the guy. That's the same guy. That's the same guy, and. He's been a professional athlete for the entire time, in between. bro, come on. Crazy. It's crazy, Mike. Hats yeah. off to Tom. Tom, just live your life in your underwear from now on. Hats yeah. off to you. That's fantastic. We've got more important things that mean we can't uh, wear live our lives in our underwear, Mike. Uh, pies. Pies. Pies definitely keep folks from mm-hmm. living their lives in their underwear, unless you mm-hmm. have no shame. We... We don't have shame, so I guess we could wear underwear and eat pies. Regardless, Mike, you had a very important task that we were Mm -hmm. supposed to talk about last show, and we did not talk about it last show. So we need to talk about it this show, and that would be I sent you two pies that you sort of determined while we were going through pies that they were the two pies that you were like, my goodness, these pies are titillating. Yeah, I want to be a part of these pies. So mm-hmm. I sent you a cannoli pie from Connecticut and the white uh, Texas trash pie from Texas, obviously. Mm-hmm. And you tried both of these. Yes. You and your girlfriend got down on these pies and said, let's choose an ultimate pie. Give me the verdicts. First, describe the pies, and then give me your ultimate choice. Okay, so...
1: Originally, I thought the cannoli pie was going to be my like favorite choice. But obviously, right. midway through uh, the pie judging, I was like, I have to give up this cannoli pie and switch it up. Yeah. So I switched it up for the Texas trash pie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So when we got the cannoli pie and the Texas trash pie, just by basically looking at them, looking at the weights, looking at the uh, presentation, I was like, the cannoli pie is, uh, is going to take the cake. Still it's got gonna it. Yeah. It's going to take the pie. Uh, it's you know we had the cannoli pie and it was fantastic it was really good and um i was what is like the this best is the part winner. about the cannoli the best part about the cannoli pie was wow i mean they really do it's really just a pie it's with a, a, a cannoli giant cannoli filling. yeah, yeah. it's just a giant cannoli with a, like an open face cannoli with like cannoli bits all over it with the uh you know chocolate chips it was absolutely incredible exactly what you would expect from a cannoli pie um but then we busted out that Texas trash pie mm. and um you know I didn't heat up the cannoli pie I don't think you're supposed to uh no. but yeah. the Texas trash pie it was optional you could heat it up or not heat it up you could enjoy it either way as long as it's mm. thawed of course we did heat it up and um instantly became the best pie Texas trash pie was um it, it wasn't even a competition I mean after wow. the first pie we were just like yeah this is absolutely incredible and um yeah. My, not even a competition. Not even a competition. We both agreed simultaneously. I thought we were going to really have to like deliberate. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna deliberate. I don't think that's a word. Oh no, you no, know? no. That's
0: a that's a word. That's yeah, a word. I
1: thought we were going to have to like really have a deep conversation lock, about this. Lock each
0: other into a closet and just and hash it out.
1: No, after no. After going over my notes, yeah, no, mm. it was it was like hands down the Texas trash pie was
0: instantly incredible. No, Man. no ice cream
1: either. I, I had it
0: it's yeah. straight up straight up now incredible. no chaser everybody no chaser this was just now what was the best part of the pie what what like hints were you getting in the pie that was just <clears throat> wow well i back? don't know but man it's pretty wild that they had like
1: pretzel bits inside the pie and the, and the pretzel mm-hmm. bits held up there they didn't get soggy they held their crunch you know and then there's That's also. Impressive. Like, I don't know exactly what's in the pie, Doc, Gee, I still have no idea, but I think There's it's a like lot macadamia
0: stuff. nuts, white chocolate there, chips. Yeah, there are. Yeah. A little bit <sighs> of coconut in there. Yes, yeah, a little coconut. bit of coconut.
1: I didn't know about the
0: coconut, but that obviously maybe helps the situation. But yeah. That's amazing, Mike. You chose the best pie, even though you didn't think it was going to be the best pie, and then it turned out. The best pie. It was the best pie. We're
1: currently thawing the other half, and I'm really, really looking forward to uh Is that going that. down tonight? Say what? Um, maybe. I think it uh, probably only takes a day to thaw, right, in the refrigerator? Oh, it can take less than that. Deep freeze, yeah. It'd
0: ta- it take oh, less Oh, yeah, so that. then, yeah, tonight's You can, yeah, get, tonight, you can tonight's get a c- c- couple hours, man. couple hours. <laughs> man, so there you have it, listeners. White Texas Trash Pie by Royer's Round Top Cafe number one pie yeah the pie of the year the doc g show pie of the year mike we are going to take a break we are going to hear another song from jesse roper this is his fantastic song off of his album horizons does anybody know right here on the doc g show
2: Does anybody know I have the time? Does anybody Yeah, yeah. Angel of mercy, did you come on down, set yourself beside me, on my humble ground. Ooh, I'm gonna ask a question, and I need you to say, End of the day, please, please gotta know right away Because I can't spend the night.
0: the show everybody today we are super happy to be inviting a talented singer and guitarist whose terrific album horizons came out last year mr jesse roper on the show today jesse how are you sir
4: i'm real good i got my uh it's a little bit chilly outside in the house so i got my you know wood stove going and the cat's cruising around i got a hot cup of coffee and yeah nice sunday
0: I was about I was about to say, it, you know, how's how's everything in Mitchosen there? I, I'm guessing I looked at the extended weather forecast and it's 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 not my cup of tea. It's it was I mean, raining every day for like a week straight and I was like, uh. Eh, eh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And like seven yep. seven to ten Celsius, that's but I will say it looks like beautiful scenery up there. It is uh very nice.
4: I kind of like the rain. Yeah, personally, I grew up with it. Yeah, it lowers my heart rate or something. And then every time we do get sun, it's kind of like a little, you know, the little gift.
0: That's true. So it Makes
4: me uh, and everybody goes outside. So yeah, I mean the, the summers have been come become um, pretty pretty hot and sunny around here. They used to be a little more dreary, but the winters, yeah. I like it this way. I look forward to it every year. That summer is over and the rain starts falling. I love it. It helps me write tunes too.
0: You get you gotta you gotta have the rain to appreciate the sun. That's true. How 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 else it's would true. how else would you appreciate it? I get it. I get. It. I, now I'm guessing this time of year. I know you you had uh, there for a while on on social media going. You still do it. Uh, I'm guessing there's not much going on in the garden right now.
4: <laughs> You've seen that, eh? Yeah. I mean. I get in there. I get in there because the weeds take over, man. Mm. So I got to get in there. I got to stay on top of them. And mm. uh, right now, 7 to 10 range, things are growing a bit. The grass is growing a bit. The first weeds are growing. So I get in there and I try to pick all that clean and, and uh, get some new dirt covering the bulbs and whatnot. I got, I'm got getting more into flowers. Okay. So, you know, I eat strictly vegetables, but uh, now I love flowers. They bring the bees around. So... Uh, yeah, trying to you know freshen up the dirt, get some compost in there, and I don't know. It's just like one of those ways I kind of zen myself out.
0: I was about to say it's uh I I I think that's too much working for me. I need like a true go- like rock garden where it's not actually anything that I'm actually tending to. It's just I'm making designs because a real garden it's too much pressure for me. I feel like my my plants would die. I'd, I'd be depressed when they died. Like, I just... What's what's the best vegetable that you got in your garden that you you look forward to the most in there?
4: Ah, uh, shoot. It's different every year. But, man, last year I did the best corn and fresh corn. I had no idea. Corn, right, fresh, broken off the stalk, and then eaten cold even mm-hmm. is the best. And uh, I had no idea it was that good, and I've never had it turn out. But last summer, the conditions were good. And I grew this, like, red corn, mm. and it was the vegetable. So I, uh, I saved a bunch of it, of those particular seeds, because they turned out here. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to grow it again in the corn gardens, is what I'm looking forward to the most.
0: A lot. Now, have you ever done, like, the, the popcorn variety? Have you ever tried growing any popcorn?
4: No, but I might throw a couple of those in this year. It'd be interesting. My girlfriend
0: I, I was about to... I recently got into it. I was telling the audience, the listening audience, that I've been on a popcorn kick. And I was like, it's a whole new world for me. And if I was making my own popcorn, then th- th- take it to another level. Then it's just... That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> well, well, now, uh, I've, I've, I've seen you talk about this. I mean, this is where you grew up uh, in Mitchosen And... Y- I've heard you mention a bunch of times that you started playing on guitar from basically your your dad and brother uh, sitting sitting jamming on the porch. Yeah. When when did that start?
4: Uh, I would have been pretty young. Like it's some of my earliest memories for sure. Uh, but yeah, my brother he played banjo and my dad played guitar and they were really into flat picking and uh, so they would play like you know, all the hornpipes and the blackberry blossoms and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and they would jam. And I remember I would just sit there on the forks and watch them and be enthralled. And, uh, and think to myself, like, I, I think I could do that. And, uh, finally I asked my dad if I could try it out. And he's like, yeah, okay, sure, son. So he sat me on his lap and I think I made a chord and he strummed it or the vice versa. I can't remember exactly, yeah. but, uh, yeah. And then I started learning all the horn pipes and the blackberry blossoms and, you know, playing those as fast as I could. And dad, I remember him being like, whoa, whoa, slower down. Like, you got to learn the notes before you go a thousand miles an hour. And You so- know, but it's still my goal. Uh, like, I think that kind of like fiddle tune music is some of the funnest you can play. And uh, I'd love to make like a country picking band like that one day. Nice. And just rip.
0: Yeah, I, I was about to say, was was he in? Was that like the main music he was into? Was more of the like the the folk, bluegrass sort of picking style, or did he also like blues based like rock?
4: Yeah, uh, he was into everything. I, I mean, I think. He it, like he went. He goes through phases. Everybody goes through musical phases, right? And and Dad was digging the uh, fiddle tunes and that around that time. But he was also like a huge Grateful Dead fan, mm-hmm. which they kind of dealt with that too. Yeah, I think that's what got him there actually. But yeah, like my first time listening to ACDC, which is my favorite. Uh, came through my dad as well. And that's what really got me playing guitars. Like, a, all these pretty tunes and stuff were really cool. But as soon as I heard ACDC, I was like, that's what I want to do. And I don't play ACDC, but they were just the most fun. And uh, so, yeah, that's, I still I play in an ACDC band these days, and it's so fun.
0: Well, that's what I – it was interesting to me because I've heard you say in, in other interviews, like, you started playing – and, and you, you know you 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 learned you got really good at it, but you didn't really play in front of people. I mean, you didn't play in front of people for a very long time. And I've heard you say, you know, AC/DC is one of the favorites. And I was just like, look, look at look at the guys in ACDC. They're the top performers you can think of. I mean, when you look at Angus Young, that is, I want to perform in front of people. I want to rock. So like, were you? Yeah. Were you doing that in your in your uh, bedroom? Were you bouncing around playing along with Thunderstruck?
4: Uh, I wasn't. I always sat down to play, which I think was the wrong thing. <laughs> I should have stood up, you know, and been like sliding on my knees and that. But uh, no. But I would be downstairs where this we had this, the CD player, mm-hmm. and uh, I just ACDC live at Donington uh, was my favorite, and I would just like press play, stop rewind great stuff. rewind and i just like learned all that stuff as best i could i'd play it over and over at max volume i've got hearing damage from being a little kid <laughs> sitting beside the speaker and rocking it out as loud as i can and i mean bless my parents
0: i was about like, to say i can't
4: believe <laughs> I do that it was it's crazy to think about it now like i i, I would do it for hours and just like keep on playing the album over and over and over again and trying to jam it out and learn it. And, and they never, ever told me to stop. They thought it was awesome.
0: <laughs> and there, there, there are definitely things that could be a lot worse, but I don't know. After, like, the, the, the 25th time of hearing the same song in a week, I'd probably be like, eh, try something else, maybe? Maybe want to put in another song? Yeah. I don't know. Now, as far as, like, practicing... And, and like I was saying, playing in front of people, what was it? What was it that held you back from playing in front of people? Was it? Was it the fear of screwing up? Was it them not liking it? Was it just a personal thing that you loved to do and you didn't really want other people to know? Like, wh- why? Why the delay as far as playing in front of people?
4: I think the fear of screwing up, really. But I, yeah, it goes into every aspect of my life. I remember being a young kid. And I wanted so, one of my also earliest memories. My brothers used to ride BMX. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And all I wanted to do was ride BMX. So I remember one day there was a kid's BMX race, but it was all like tricycles. And it was on a separate track, kind of half part of the BMX mm-hmm. track. And I wanted so bad my parents knew it was coming up. So they, they brought me in, my tricycle. The big kids raced first, and then it was this kid's race. And they put me on the track, and I'm at the starting line, and I could feel it in my guts. I wanted to do it so bad, but I was terrified. What if I came in last or whatever? And uh, I broke out into tears, and the the start gun went, and all the kids went pedaling off, and I just sat there and cried. Uh. And my
2: parents were like, "Goat, you can do it. Go!" And I'm like, "I don't want to."
4: And that kind of like that, like scared to do it you scared know to jump. scared to try so i don't yeah it was, that that just like infiltrated my life in uh in a lot of ways and and that was a big part of what kept me off the stage but when i finally did get on the stage and did screw up but also did pretty good uh i realized like okay i can't not do this this is the best thing in the world like the things that scare you are often you know the greatest satisfaction of doing them too so uh, it was just a good lesson for me to learn. Took a took a few years, but you know, I, I, I just now everything that's like that for me, I just go towards it and try and do it.
0: Got to get it done. Yeah, good 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 lesson in life to to learn for sure. A- approach the scary things. Yeah. Do the scary things. Uh, with, yeah. It, that that time was as two thousand nine uh, when you went on out on a whim there Canadian Music Week. And you were actually filling in as guitarist in a band, um, and I sort of wonder on that one: Do you know what made you say like, "Yeah, I'll do it"? As opposed to all those times before where you were like, "No way, I can't do it. That's that's crazy."
4: Well, I'd kind of been jamming around town now a few years. Like, well, I was like 18 when I first got on stage at an open mic, and that kind of cracked the seal. And then after that, it's always I was, those
0: like, open mics. They'll get you. they I mean, and it's oh. it's so funny too. Like you know, I remember going to an open mic the first time and just like uh, playing with with my friends. As far as I was playing drums, and you just like in your head, you're thinking like, oh my god, this is it's so big. This is so. And there's like five guys that aren't paying attention, eating wings in the corner of the restaurant. And in your head, you're like, whoo. The pressure, okay, here it is, but like, it's just, uh, and then afterwards, I'm sure you had the rush, you were like, oh, this is great, this was awesome.
4: Oh, yeah, you finished your three songs or whatever, and you're like, I could play 30 right now, let's do it, you know, and but unfortunately, there's somebody else going up, but yeah, you're so right, like, it just cracked it open for you, I loved it, it was such a rush, and then, uh, yeah, I started writing tunes and playing around town a little bit, I played all the open mics after that, and I kind of, sort of made a band, and was doing gigs around town, the odd gig, and and then, uh, you know, as bands do, they, it sort of fell apart, and uh, then I was kind of left with, like, well, what am I doing? And I got out of a long-term relationship, and I was sort of, like, floundering. Mm-hmm. And then this opportunity to go to Toronto, Canadian Music Week, which I thought was, like, the biggest, most prestigious musical event out there, Yeah, and, uh, you know, music seemed like the ultimate you know it was like he made it once you're traveling for it you know he made it yeah <laughs> and uh so i traveled to toronto to canadian music week and we played for like five people it was just like the open mic you know <laughs> nobody really gave it's another and, level uh, it's
0: it's it's another level that next that next level you're like oh my god can it get bigger than this no it can't
4: yeah yeah it was cool it was it was an organized event and i was part of it that yeah, man, it just got the circuits firing. And then I went on this wicked adventure, a band. I, a bunch of buddies, they were also in a band, What much more established. They were on a record label and doing the thing. And uh, they were on tour out there. Canadian Music Week was part of their, their string of dates. And uh, I had nothing going on. My, my plane ticket was two weeks out there. And uh, so I went to the bar caught their show. They were blown away. I was out there, and uh, we had a party in the night, and the next day I was like, hey, can I hop in the van and just carry your amps and be part of this tour? And they're like, sure, man. And that was really like the beginning of it. After that, I was like, okay, I'm doing this, man. I'm going to come back to Toronto. I'm going to play in this place and uh, try and make a career.
0: Was it it one of those, like, once you actually jumped in like that, was there ever a, a look back like, God, why did I do this sooner? Why did this happen? Why? Why? Didn't, why didn't I jump on the the BMX track earlier? What was my deal?
4: Hundred percent, man. I look at all that stuff. I'm like, if I had known the like joy and and like, I don't know, satisfaction and just sweet life experience that I could have had just by pedaling that tricycle that day, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have loved it. Because yeah. now I just get a kick out of it. Yeah, but you know, it's Life lessons you gotta learn. Everybody takes their own speed.
0: Live and learn. Live and, and uh, well, well, when you were out at Canadian Music Week, I, I've heard you mention you met uh Juliana uh Juliana Vellante, who was the it seems like she initiated your your tour dates, sort of your first gigs as far as solo once you got back. And I sort of wonder, was 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 that like was was she being sort of a booking agent or was that just a nice person that could tell like that's what you wanted to do but you just didn't really know what you wanted to do
4: yeah i mean little calm you i, I can't you've really done your homework man you got the whole story <laughs> yeah uh yeah she was kind of calm a calm d like a bit of both she'd never done it before she'd kind of had friends that had done maybe music industry stuff and she'd helped out a little bit but like She'd never, like, focused on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tell you, she, and and this is not to discredit her, this is, like, an amazing skill she has. She's the best bullshit of anybody I have ever met in my life. Like, she might not know what she's talking about, but in 10 minutes, She'll you'll believe it. that she knows everything. Oh, yeah. So, she was, like yeah, you should be doing this, you're good at it. She heard me playing and, uh, and I was like, oh, I don't know, you know hopefully to play some gigs or whatever, I guess. And she was like, no, you should be doing this. I'm gonna book you some gigs, would you come back here? I'm like, yeah, I'd totally do that, you know? Help uh, with anything. And especially booking, like I- I'm a typical musician, like I don't know how to do anything other than play the guitar and, and write some songs. Like I- I'm-, I'm pretty clueless, like how do I get started? I'm not really sure, I guess I'll play guitar. Uh, so she kind of took care of that, took that weight off my shoulders. And, you know, I just had to show up and perform and do my best. And that was amazing. And so, uh, you know, she helped me out for quite a while there. And then uh, we we didn't really set up the most professional relationship towards, like, like as, as far as business goes. And and eventually things weren't that good. And, yeah. You know, so we kind of stopped working the, uh, uh as often happens in the music industry. Like, nobody really knows what they're doing in this industry. It's crazy, man. Like, you've well, been part of it for a long time. Man,
0: there's there's a lot of bull**** out there. Yes, yes. There are a lot yeah. of those folks. And uh, so everybody, the, it's always moving as far as the understanding of it. That's for sure. And uh, it's, it's definitely a learning process. You can be in it for 30 years and not know, not know what you're doing still. That's for sure.
4: Yeah so true like the, the more you come to
0: understand that the almost the better it is cuz then you're kind of like ah this just how this thing works you know roll, roll with the punches Start. roll with them well now you uh you released uh, an album as as the Roper show uh, earlier yeah. in the old career but the first Jesse Roper album was Redbird uh, back in 2015 and um, That's right. sort of thinking about it you know again Playing before Canadian Music Festival, leading up to that, that whole time learning music in, uh, growing up, like all of these things, all the way until 2015 when you released that album. Being such a long build-up to that album, what did it feel like having that that album with your name on it? That was your album. Like that was that was it.
4: Well, ah. Uh you know it kind of when i first put it out like as far like my not the title being jesse roper as opposed to the roper show i mean i guess uh i didn't really think too much differently about it i mean no it just was it was just another stepping stone brick in the path but the way it was received was completely different like i had been kind of building up a little bit of momentum and especially in my hometown, and even out in Ontario, like I was starting to get better bookings and that kind of thing. Um, but especially in my hometown, I was starting to get on some festivals and whatnot. And that was very exciting. And then I remember like when I put out Redbird, like the Q, the local radio station out here played every song. It was like Jesse Roper hit. It was crazy. I couldn't believe what was going on. And, and, and like they played a song an hour and then they did it again the next day. Nice. And the whole record there. And so all of a sudden, like, my life changed and uh, and it stayed super local, <laughs> which was crazy. Like, I'd play all of a sudden, you know, I'd play for thousands of people in Victoria at the biggest festivals we had out here. And I'd have the little baby spot, but, like, people were coming out. And yeah. uh, I never forget the party people that had already, like, heard all the songs. This was just like the time to buy it, and they're already sending uh, them back Somebody to you. screwed up. Yeah, so, so yeah, and uh, somebody had screwed up and didn't put like a, a cap on the digital ticket link, and so the club I was playing was supposed to be seven hundred, and it sold to like nine hundred wow. and fifty, uh, and before somebody realized, oh, whoa, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> and and so it was jam-packed in there and there was all these rumors that this like opposing company in victoria this promotions company had got wind that we were way over capped and they had like conflict we were putting it on so they were going to call the fire marshals (laughs) and get them to shut it down wow man and meanwhile i'm getting ready backstage and the and the people uh the, the, the the fans are going Oh, burn. Oh, burn. Oh, and and it was just thunder in there. I couldn't believe it. And uh, like my hands were shaking. And I, was, I had to go to the bathroom with time. And I felt like I was going to puke. And, and the pee uh, jitters. Oh no. Got, yeah, like it was. It was totally game on after that. Then I got like management and agent, and it became like what it is kind of today. But yeah, I was. It was wild. Like to be like you know a young kid uh, scared of doing that thing. If I could have seen myself on stage yeah. that many years later, <laughs> I think I might've like, you know, it might've changed things for me, but you know,
0: jumped in fast. It, it's also
4: an experience. Yeah. It, it's also an experience that a lot of folks, you know, don't even get and can't really imagine. I could have never imagined what that would have been like either. And I'm, uh, I feel thankful to have had that. It's pretty exhilarating. Yeah. Um, and like that also changed everything too and made it more serious. It wasn't just like this fun thing that I was enjoying. It, it was like Got now it became it. business. and Yeah. Yeah. Totally topping it like was became like, you know, it was kind of easy to top all my previous successes. And that one became like, uh, yeah, such a measuring stick and then a source of uh, much frustration, but also happiness and enjoyment and all that too. Um, yeah, it was crazy, man. Redbird changed everything. But uh, but it didn't go outside of Victoria. It, it sort of did, but um, yeah, it wasn't until this most recent album that things started moving outwards, which has been pretty enjoyable too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you got uh, on, on Redbird, I mean, the, the Hurricane's Eye is on that album, uh, and it's still the most popular song. That's, you know, millions of streams. And I always I've asked this question a bunch to a bunch of different artists, but I'm always curious with that most popular song, like when you wrote that song, were you like, oh, this is the one like, could you could you feel it was special outside of the other special because obviously every artist thinks all their songs are great. That's why you write them. But like, could you tell that one like, I feel like this one's going to be more popular than the others?
4: Yeah, I, I definitely did. As soon as I started it, I was like, oh, it's just got a thing. And uh, yeah, it didn't feel in any way contrived, and I was just kind of really enjoying the process of writing it. And it took me like a couple nights. Uh, my parents were out of town, and they asked me to house sit their place. And uh, I was like, oh, sure. So my dad had this guitar. Uh, it and it was all set up for a slide it was like a resonator kind of style guitar and i thought you know like I didn't have one of those so I just picked it up and and gave it a strum and it was open e tuning and i hadn't really played with open e, open tunings in general and, and I was yeah i remember i i got jamming away on it and then what was it first uh I just went Boobity 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 do it You know that opening bit mm-hmm. And uh like, That's kind of nice And then And then just like Uttered the word stranger And then I was instantly like Ooh What is that? I don't know And I just worked on it And shuffled things around And kept on playing with it And when it was done I was like This is gonna kick <laughs> And uh I don't know I remember uh The first time I ever I, I was confident with it And uh shortly after that i was uh i got picked up um i applied for this thing called Via rail artist on board mm-hmm. which is uh it's like this this train that goes across the nation and you you know you can say um allow artists to come and entertain folks on there mm-hmm. and i was still like a no- across canada i got picked up on this thing and i was just doing it for the heck of it to keep the music going yeah and it was the first time I the hurricane uh hurricane die live and it was day one on this train though you're supposed to play in three different train cars for 45 minutes in the day yeah and so i played for the train car and there was like six people in there i played a bunch of tunes for them i was a little too nervous to play hurricane the second train car i go in there and uh like the the first car cursory and whatever. it was all right yeah train car i go into and uh there's a whole bunch of like i'm not sure what it was uh Amish or rights. yeah, or like I'm, I don't know how to just dis- some type, type of austere
0: dress they had, yeah,
4: yeah. So there's like twenty of them in the train car, and I'm like, oof, I don't know what these people are going to think of <laughs> my tunes, you know, me, general, and uh, and I was like, you know what, this is the time to try the new <laughs> song, and so I'm like and they just looked at me right like they didn't show any emotion whatsoever and i played this song and i get through it i'm like yeah i crushed that that felt really good and i got my head down strum let it ring out and i kind of looked up at them and they're all still looking at me emotionless still as stone and then like all at once this, this one guy, he like leaned over to the lady next to him and he whispered something in her ear and all at once they stood up and left the train car. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's that. And uh, so that was the first time I played Hurricane. I was like, well, maybe it's not as good as I thought it was. But then the next time I played it was at a game with the band. Everybody freaked out and I felt pretty good about it. And when we recorded it, um, I remember it just being like, yeah, this this is this one's good, and uh, yeah, I mean, they were still try- everywhere I go, that's probably my play. It's it's sort of the one that gets them all freaking out the best. So you they know.
0: were trying. They were trying to but, sack the eye of the hurricane. There, they uh, apparently it, it violated a a religious uh, a religious creed they had or something. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, man. That, yeah, that's... I, I, I'm good. I'm guessing you didn't try it on the third car either on that trip. No, I
4: didn't. <laughs> after, I didn't play it again on that
0: trip. After the second, you're like, okay. going to retire this for a little bit here. We're going to try this out a little bit later. Um, well, now, after after Redbird, you, you had your second album, uh, Access to Infinity. Uh, it came out in 2018. Yeah. And uh, before I ask a question about it, I do have to say I heard you say you thought about naming the album Pour Some Gas on it. And I'm going to say, whoever in your team said don't call it Pour Some Gas on it, they need to expand their horizons. I would definitely buy an album called Pour Some Gas on it. That would be an an album I would want to buy. But... Uh, did you, when you were writing, when you're writing Access to Infinity, did you, did you feel like, was that one of the things like while you're writing it, like, oh man, I got to top Redbird now and it's got to, I got to find something to, to top that.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I wanted to go back to the producer that I'd done Redbird with and I'd done Son of John with right, previous to the Redbird album and both those like had a, a vibe and a sound that was like gritty an old-school kind of lo-fi, mm-hmm. and I thought it suited me, who my kind of music I was writing. And my management was like, see, this is the thing. We want to take the and Jesse and bring him to Toronto. Make the and Jesse, Toronto Jesse. You see what I mean? Like, big cities. We are more accessible to the people and blah, 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 And they gave me this big sales pitch on like why we needed to re-up with the producer, which now, at this point, I do understand a little bit. Uh, uh, part of me <laughs> still wishes I could have done that album with Joby, but it was a good experience in the long, long run. I learned a lot uh, through doing that. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was a difficult experience. First of all, every the way that that producer worked was completely different mm-hmm. from. Uh, how Toby worked so it was unfamiliar territory i got this measuring stick and never at uh, other than when i was writing the tunes i felt pretty good about it you know most of them um but after i got out of there at no point in the studio did i feel like yeah we're following this album up with like another you know crusher yeah i i just i felt nervous the whole time and uh and so i I had a hard time, like, being a salesman of my own record for the first time, and uh, so that was that was tough, man. It definitely, like, from that point on, I, was, I felt like I was on shaky legs. Yeah, a lot because I am like much more hyper aware of like uh, singing in key while I was, you know, live. It just infiltrated my life again. That like that like let's let's do it attitude yeah. sort of left me. The more like that younger, like oh, I want to ride my pedal bike. You know, it was scary now. Yeah, and uh, and the business part of things just became more and more and more and more, and th- and that album was like really hard to enjoy, and things after that. So, well, But I, anyway, course i I'd forgotten about that. It's, That's I, funny.
0: I like it. I like it. I think you know, fourth album, bring it out, pour some gas on it, go. I mean that that works perfectly. <laughs> That works perfectly with the the, the attitude right there is pour some gas on it. Let's go. Let's let's get it. And uh, I mean, speaking of the the, that mentality, the recent album Horizons, uh, you know, came out just a couple of months ago. Reaction's been great. Does anybody know is already over a million and a half streams just on Spotify? Yeah. yeah. Now, to me, it seems like there's more of a soul influence on this album. Like, and, yeah. and there seems to be more of a, a focus on your singing. I mean, like on Hold Hold On Me, Horizons, Bright Side, they're such amazingly sung songs. Like, you do such a good job with with the singing. I mean, it's a fantastic, fantastic job. Did that, like, did you think, of, like, were you thinking of that at the start of the album like I'm gonna try to come in here and just dominate some singing or was that organically when you were writing songs they happened to be songs that seemed like at least to me more sort of uh, you know song and vocal driven
4: uh it was actually the producer um, cause we, we tried a couple other things post access to Infinity and it all the stuff that's being okay we recorded with a guy named Ben Kaplan and, and like ah, it was all it was good but it was just maybe the wrong direction I don't know we were I, I was uncertain now Um, and I was kind of in a bit of a disagreement with my management as to like the direction I really wanted to just go back to Joby where I was comfortable um, yeah. and they like keep re-upping on the producer and I was like but you know I'm, I'm not having success yeah and why don't I back to doing that? Because like we all made more money. It, it, <laughs> it was better and yeah. uh and I that and I was irritated anyways. They were like, Well, why don't you pick a producer? And a friend of mine had uh worked with Gus Van Gogh who I had, ended up working with yeah. for Horizons and and it sounded like I always thought they were pretty good, but the record that they did with him was like knocked it out of the park. couldn't believe how good they sounded. And I thought, well, what about that guy? He he made them sound like gold. And so they were like, I don't know, but we'll send him a message anyway. I said, okay, good. And uh, he got back to me. He was like, I don't really like your music. Your (laughs) guitar playing the two on it. Um, And it's like, it's okay. It's nothing, you know, extraordinary. And, uh, kind of your band um i i think if we do do something which i'm open to uh i want to focus on your best instrument and that's your voice and i was gobsmacked because until that point everybody everybody in my life band, everybody uh have been like oh yeah guitar man rock guitar guitar and uh so it was such a, like a head-spinning moment for me yeah and uh And it was also awesome because it gave me so much. Like, it gave me pause for thought. Yeah. And I've been working on my so much because I always felt like that was my weak link, and I needed to like get it the same level as my, you know, guitar playing and that, so I could feel more comfortable on stage. And uh, so, yeah, he's like, if we're gonna do this, I want to focus on your best instrument. That's your voice, and I want to like, I want you to come out here not with your band. I want you to work with guys that I work with, and uh, and just you and I. Uh, head down focus on you know this next thing I was like okay and uh, he's like what else you got like what's the b- side so I had a whole list that like m- most of that album is songs that I've been writing like even in the redbird years and the access stuff that I was kind of like okay hey, this is sweet but it's not gonna fit on these albums yeah and uh, and that uh, level, old- soul stuff. I like everything. I yeah. like all music. Anything that's good, I like it. Yeah. As long as it touches, you know, it gets somehow. And uh yeah, so uh I sent them does anybody know? Uh there was body language was the one that my management was real hot on there. Like, this could be a, a big it's single, like we should do that one. So they sent that one and then there was a couple other ones. Gus got back and he's like, Okay, for sure come to New York. Does anybody know I think that's magic song you gotta come out in here and do that so we got to the studio right away i loved this guy i felt like in tune with him so you know you just meet people and you're like yeah, yeah you we get along yeah and uh so he's like what do you want to work on first and i was like what's us dude does anybody know if you like that one i like that let's get into it and uh i always had a hard time singing it but for some reason i got in the studio mm-hmm. with him he was confident in that something in my voice and i sung it and it was the best I'd ever sung it. And uh, it was kind of cool and really enlightening. And uh, yeah, by the end of the day, I was listening into this track and being like, like I sound like a New York artist. This is awesome. And uh, and then we got into the other tunes and they like, it was just really easy sailing. It was kind of like being back in the studio with Joby, uh, who I did Redbird with, you yeah. know, it was like, it was just easy Kind I clicked. I didn't feel like I was fighting anything, and uh, and uh, he was open to my ideas, which was another thing. I find some of the times you get in there with these guys, and you're like, hey, I got this idea, and they're like, your ideas? Yeah. Wait. <laughs> that sucks. It's like, I got tons of ideas.
3: I am and, the uh, artist.
4: Yeah. yeah. Like, isn't this what we're here doing? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I found that was really frustrating, but this guy was open to everything, and, and, and like, sure i can recognize when my idea doesn't work too and uh and same with this guy also we we'd throw everything at this album and then both of us would listen to this and that for a while and you know if it didn't work didn't work didn't matter either nobody was too precious about nothing so it was yeah i got in with them and started doing horizons and it was just, it was kind of easy again which was a huge relief and then you know it just made everything better i i yeah i was singing my best tracks i'd ever sang and it's in. and feeling confident and have like my safety blanket guitar solos. I felt like it was good.
0: It's and, it's uh, it, sounds awesome. really- it sounds awesome. It sounds awesome. The the tunes and I love uh, you know you you posted uh, it was a while back. You posted on on Instagram. You were you were getting ready for a couple of shows. You did hold on me. Uh, you were just warming up, and you guys were singing actually with your band. There, you get you guys were just like sort yeah. of practicing harmonies. And it sounded like I I wanted an acoustic version that I was like, can we just get that? Like I love I love this the the harmonies like that's, it, it sounded amazing hey, that way.
4: Yeah, thanks. That's awesome that you sir I'm gonna tell my buddy when we were on the tour. My buddy Pete, uh, the, the backup guitar player, he was making sure he had his camera out. He was trying to capture all the audio and stuff. And everything's pretty rough, but it just makes it so I don't have to. Yeah. Do it and. Don't know what's happening, so you're much more natural, and uh, and it was really cool. So, and and we weren't really sure. You're never sure who's looking on social media, yeah. and uh, kind of cool. You got. I'm gonna phone him up and tell him today.
2: Guess what?
0: We <laughs> <It's>, it, <laughs> of that too. It sounded nice. Like I said, man, it was. Uh, I, I love you know. I am a sucker for really good harmonies. Like I mean, that's one of the things that I love like about the Eagles is that they always just had amazing harmonies on their songs and to catch those by themselves, like when they did Seven Bridges Road and it's just them coming through with those harmonies, it sounds so good. And that's, you know, that's that's what you got. You got those good harmonies with the the band. And I was like, man, let's put that like, you know, and I, like, I love the album version too, but at the same time, I was like, it's missing this on the album version. Like, I want I want to hear that come out more in the album version but you know i like i said i love it too so um but speaking of the album and you you know you mentioned you love soul like if you're thinking like 60s soul vibe and you're looking at all those different singers the you know the the otis reddings the ray charles the sam cooks wilson pickett's solomon burke donny hathaway who are you going with? If you, if you, if like, you know, sort of your ACDC, if you will, in that group, who's the number one that you want to hear soul? If, if you like the, the Michael Jordan, always going to hit the shot, who do you want to hear?
4: Aretha Franklin.
0: Oh, yeah.
4: He, he kills me, man. Like, oh, just oozing, dripping soul. I love her voice, man, and her attitude is just. Oh, she knocked it out of the park. But I do love... I got an Otis Redding live. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's awesome, man. And you can... I don't know if he's putting it on or, or if he's just moving around so much, but every time he gets to the microphone, when he's...
3: So, so, ah, yeah, Ladies
4: and gentlemen, I, I'm hot, I'm hot.
0: Okay, this next one... Uh,
4: <laughs> what is he doing?
0: Is that, I want to see this guy so bad. Is that the Whiskey-A-Go-Go live?
4: Uh, I'm not too sure, honestly. I it's like a double record like A side is Otis and B side is Jimi Hendrix
0: oh no it's just this route I don't know I
4: don't know what it is
0: that's nice man B side yeah that's, that's nice that's I mean, I, I definitely, I like the new, uh, you know, the, the, the new progression of horizons. I definitely think it, it works. It works great, man. Uh, you know, just a, a lot of good songs on there. I was looking as far as, uh, as far as like the listens, you said it's sort of spreading out and I noticed Denver is up there now. Did you notice that Denver is in your top five of listening locations? Uh, around the country, as far as uh, or around the world, as far as where you're uh, where you're being listening to.
4: I did catch that actually, and uh, you know, I'm a big hiking fan, so I was like, Colorado picks up, man, I'm gonna go there. I was about to say, <laughs> I
0: was about to say, you got you you got you've got the audience now. Now you gotta you gotta make the the American tour.
4: Oh man, It's 100% the goal. I've been nagging. My agent and my management this year. I'm like, let's go. First of all, like, why would we drop any momentum? Why wouldn't we take advantage of any of it? And second of all, I just want to get down there. <laughs> I want to see it.
0: I, I think yeah. I think you know go with the old the old adage of uh, of a field of dreams. You know, if you book it, they will come. Just go ahead and just start. Start booking shows in, in, uh, in America. See, see who comes. Denver would definitely show up. They love music too much. And then, you know, it's like you said, if nobody shows up, who cares? You at least got some good hiking in.
4: <laughs> That's a really awesome fan base. It seems like uh, when I, more and more through the years, like I'll post up tour dates and people from, especially Victoria, will get a hold of their people all over to where I'm going let the friends know. Their friends show up and go, yeah, I don't know any of your stuff, but my friend told me I had to come, so I came, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the end of the night, I got him.
0: And, and you're like, wow. Like, you're, you're, your friends are very persuasive. Like, I couldn't get any of my friends to do that if I was like, you should go see this show. They'd be like, no. And I'd be like, okay, sorry. <laughs> I
4: know you myself. If my friends call me up, and be like, you gotta see this show. I'm like, all right, maybe I
0: will, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm not hopping out. By it. No, it's amazing friends they have there that they can influence them that much. You're like, yeah, please, by all means, please promote it to other people. That'd be great.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> well, I
0: wanted I wanted to ask one thing before we go. I noticed in the Instagram bio it says you love rock and roll, which is obvious, but you also love ping pong. So one, I, I uh, now, do you, I mean, do you, do you, do you have a, do you have a, a table at your house?
4: I just got another one back. Yeah. My, what did, <laughs> I used to live with my buddy in this place and, uh, the ping pong table was like the center of the whole thing. <laughs> and every day, uh, like whoever was up first, it was like the way to wake the other guy up, drop the ping pong ball on the table and go, and then it was on, man. We'd wake up, sing pong for two hours, sweating <laughs> away. And then I, I didn't really play it as a kid, but I always thought I wanted to. It was the coolest looking sport. And uh, and then my buddy Mike and I played ping pong for like five years, and it was awesome. That guy's such a competitor, and we we bull across the table, cutting each other down, and and uh, and it was the best. And then he uh, he he ended up. Like, we were both single when we were living in here. And then he ended up finding a lady, you know, becoming a husband and a father, moved out. uh, And then uh, the ping pong slowed down. And then my girl, she moved in here and and was like, well, you know, the ping pong tables, you know, it's kind of in the way. And I was like, but babe, we can play ping pong all the time, though. And uh, she didn't didn't really go for that. Uh. (laughs) So ping pong had to move out. I haven't played much ping pong in the last few years. But recently... As of like a, a month ago, my buddy, Tim, who lives upstairs, he just got a, he, he also has a lady living with him now, too. <laughs> so, uh, he cleaned out his garage and put a couch in there and TV and planning on putting a bed in there. And, you know, because, you know, it's nice to have your own space. And he bought a ping pong table and we've been yes. whacking it back and forth. And uh, yes. I'm a little rusty, but, uh, oh man, it feels good to be playing again.
0: It's good to get back you know, into it. I want to it. go and
4: play. Uh, actually, when I was recording Horizons, I took my paddle out there. And uh, because there was a whole bunch of ping pong places. You just drop in ping pong. There's nowhere in Victoria you can just hop in and play some ping pong. And uh, they're everywhere. So I took my paddle and uh, I go ping, play ping pong. And I felt like, like I'm a big, like, hockey fan and anytime canada plays the u.s I'm like, get them, you know <laughs> it's such a good rivalry and i felt that when i'm playing i'm like nobody's beat this me, man nobody's beat this me. is and for I'm canada yeah <laughs> there was some good ping bong players these guys were like shinobi like just such micro movements and so like theatrical about it almost but that. Oh, man. It was awesome. Actually, they had another place. Susan Sarandon apparently is a ping pong player. And she's got a place in New huh. York, and apparently, all over, like a chain. And it's like a nightclub ping pong spot. So chicks will show up fully nightclub dressed up,
3: huh.
4: ready to party, and they will go to this club. And I, so I went there and saw it, and I couldn't believe my eyes. And there's like, you know, guys running around with like nets and they clean all the balls up off the floor and they like put those balls back in this net thing beside the uh, ping pong table. And so you're like in a nightclub listening to awesome tunes playing ping pong and everybody's dressed up tonight. That's uh, wild. We need one of them. I, the I was
0: about to say, I, I had no clue those existed. We need one here in Florida too. That's that's wild. <laughs> I'm, I'm not nearly good enough. Like that's the thing is I love playing ping pong. I'm just like, that's... All all the, the nuances of ping pong as far as cutting the ball, as far as getting the right spins on it, I'm horrible at that. That's that's like the problem. It's like I can I can keep up with speeds, but once you start getting strong directions on it and you start doing like misdirections with like I just can't completely get off off rhythm and I always I always screw up. And it's like you said, once I get to that crew that you were playing with, oh uh, it's going to be skunk for me. It's going to be 7 to 0 and I'm going to get off that table fast. It's just uh but it's a fun sport. I love it. It's it's a good time. It's oh, g- definitely a good time. Next time uh once you once you get some uh once you get some some gigs here in Florida, we'll have to we'll have to play ping pong.
4: Man, I would love that. <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> and in Florida, holy smokes. I was just watching the hockey all-star game. They had the guys all sitting out on the beach before they went and played. It's like, Florida looks all right.
0: So it was, it, it's pretty nice, especially especially down there. You know, that's on the that's on the bottom side there in Fort Lauderdale. So they've got like well, probably it's probably like 85 today. So like you know, it's uh, but we need some rain to appreciate the sun. We've we've had a little bit too much sun recently. <laughs> But, Jesse, I want to thank you for coming on the show, man. It's been a pleasure. Hey,
4: likewise, man. Thanks for having me, man.
0: For sure. For sure. Listeners, you can check him out on social media, Jesse Roper Official, or you can check him out at his website, jessieroper.ca. You can stream all of his music on streaming services right now. Let's take a listen to one of those soul-dripping songs, Hold On Me, right here on the Doc G Show.
2: She got a hold on me. Got a hold on me. She got a hold on me. Got a grip like bars on my heart and my soul. Love the little lady till the day I'm old and dead. And got rotten, No since the day we met. Oh! True love was a fable so i thought just a nice and a story and then i got caught no one could have saved me i couldn't have known the most powerful force on the world which is now i sitting living in denial no the you know what's up for me now and then i submit it and all became and from that moment on i was never ever the same she got a hold on me she got a hold All in story. Such a nice little children's story. Oh, I, said, I got a woman, got a hold on me. I got a woman, got a hold on me. I got a woman, gotta I said, I got a woman, gotta hold on me. I got a woman, got a hold on me. I got a woman, got a hold on me. I got a woman, got a hold on me. Oh, I got a woman, got a hold on me. So, I She got a hold, hold on me. She got a hold. You gotta hold on, oh. Got a grip like by so I'm heart and my soul. Love the little lady till the day I'm old. Dead and gone, No since the day we met. Oh, dead and gone, No since the day we met.
0: A show you just heard, Jesse Roper, and you just heard me interviewing Jesse Roper. Fantastic. I can't wait until he starts, you know, playing the U.S., just coming down here, just just jamming through the U.S. He needs to get it done, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. the, the album is Horizons, guys. If you have not listen to horizons you need to you heard two songs off of it on the show they are fantastic but mike since i ended the interview with it i need to ask you how big are you into ping pong hmm pretty big Uh, well not anymore but
1: it used to be uh a regular occurrence. Used to be, a pretty
0: Used yeah. To be uh, yeah, pretty competitive, pretty good at it. Pretty oh, decent. nice. Were you? Uh, mm-hmm. It was like I was telling him at the end of the interview. Were you? Uh, like, I mean, were you a big like cutter, controller of the ball? Were you always? Were you putting those spins on a man that
1: just mm. insane? wasn't that good. I didn't have the spins, but, you know, I was pretty good at it, just, like, adapting to everybody's, like, style.
0: I, I think that's the new level. Like, that's that's the level where you have become an all-star is where you have got, like, insane spins at insane speed. Yeah. Because that just means you've got control out the wazoo. And mm-hmm. that's, that's when I get worried when I'm playing somebody. And all of a sudden, they send something over the net that I hit one direction and it goes completely the other direction. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Oh no, they're at another level. They are at a completely different level than I'm at. Yeah. But we need to <laughs> next next time you're next time you're down, Mike. We need to we need to do a little ping pong. Yeah, do a let's do. It. I'm down. Going. Uh Mike. That's great. We've got our ping pong scheduled. We're gonna listen to Jesse Roper <laughs> when we do it, but for now. We need to move on. The fastest growing segment in the world. You know it. What is it, Mike? Doc G top three. The Doc G top three. And I was inspired by our interview with Pepper. So mm-hmm. I felt we needed. And by the way, Mike, uh, fun fact. Um, uh, Kelly Knoll, uh, Bradley Knoll's uh, sister, uh, sent me a comment. That she uh, loved our post about Sublime, and I was like, "Oh, oh my God, that's so cool!" I felt, yeah. I, f- I felt very privileged, and I was like, "That's amazing!" Bradley and that's old awesome. sister, the creator of Sublime, uh, commenting on our show—you know, fantastic, fantastic. We're doing but it.
1: thank you, yeah, thank,
0: thank you. you. Our topic this week, Mike. Since we were inspired and we were talking about Sublime, our topic is your top three Sublime songs. Now, mm-hmm. I already warned the listeners I was going to be very cliche with mine. They were probably going to be what most people were thinking. And when I finished my list, yeah, they're sort of pretty cliche. But regardless, we're going through it, Mike. Mike, yeah. your number three. What is your number three favorite Sublime song? Wrong way. Mm. Yeah, wrong way. Mike, I don't know if you know this. It made honorable mention for me. It did not oh, make yeah. my my top 3. It was an honorable mention. Now I do love that song. That is yeah. I would say that's their most ska-like song. It's got, yeah. you know, it's got the horns, the, the trumpets <laughs> are ska. in there. It's yeah. very ska-like, but it's so fun, man. It's yeah. so fun. And you you feel good and bad for the lady and the song at the same time. You're like, yeah, that, it was- is that, that is the wrong way. You are it going the, wrong, the way. wrong way.
1: You know, it's true. Good yeah, stuff. it was. Uh, it was a um, song in. Uh, so I'm not gonna lie. All three of my Sublime songs are. Uh, Skating video games, games, video game soundtracks. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, wrong way was one that I must have heard, man, hundreds of times. Nice,
0: <laughs> yeah. nice. Yeah. I love what about the you, Doctor? Jam. What's your top number three? three Santoría. Santoría. I don't, da, 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 it, I don't practice it, man. I don't practice it. What it is Santeria? Uh, <laughs> We're going to have to look that up. It's a religion. Oh. And that's that's what I've got. It's uh, a religion uh, from Cuba. Oh, okay. There you go. I don't know much about it. And, and obviously, I don't practice it. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, but I do love the song, Mike. Yeah, it's a good one. I do love the song. It's a fantastic jam. I think it's a lot of people's number one. Um, if you look at uh, uh, Spotify, it's got their most listens for Sublime. So true. By far. It's got I can like, see that. It's got over a half a billion listens for Santeria. Wow. Not yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's I, it's basically what we get uh, per week for our shows, so it's understandable. <laughs> not enough. Um, yeah, not enough. Not enough, Mike. Nope. Um, but yeah, I love that jam. Definitely one of my favorites, Mike. You're number two. What I got?
1: Mm. Mm. Remember
0: that. Now, Mike, I'm gonna I'm gonna break it again. I, I, this is sort of a breaking a uh, rule here, but that's my number one. So, yeah. what I got is just. I mean. It's love is, it's what I got, man. It's mm-hmm. just, it's so good, the the rhythm of it, as far as the way he presents that, as far yeah. as, and just the the vibe, it's just one of those things. If you have a barbecue, or a cookout, or a pool party, there is no way that you cannot play that song. That's a fact. You will not be allowed to have another cookout if you have a cookout and you don't play what I got. Like, it's yeah, just, that's, right. that's how good it is. You just sit there, you imagine the sun coming in, the nice warm sun. You guys that's are all vibe. sitting there in yeah. tank tops, barefooted. Ah, oh, oh, it's so amazing, Mike. Passing so, around
1: some drugs. Yeah, <laughs> either that
0: or maybe a Zevia. I don't know. Or some Zevias. Yeah, either way. But it's a fantastic song. That's why it's my number one. Mike, what's yeah. your number one?
1: Hmm. My number one is Do Time.
0: Mm. Mike, that's yes. why I love doing top threes with you. You yeah. throw in a curveball in there. little
1: curveball there. I love that it. One, that one's, that
0: one's uh, definitely
1: unskippable.
0: Doing time is a doing time is is a classic. I would say that's sort of the the classic uh, uh, skater vibe. So that makes for sure. sense, sure. You know, for the Dave
1: Mira. That was Dave Mira BMX 2, though. Oh, okay. So that was a that was a bike soundtrack.
0: But hey, still X Games. Close like, enough. You know, <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> but do, I do love doing time. That would be that would be on my honorable mention as well. Hmm. I would definitely okay. put that on my honorable mention. My number two was Bad Fish. Yeah. Bad Fish is my number two. Okay, um, Love Bad Fish. Such yeah. a good jam. Again, it's a vibe. It mm-hmm. is such a vibe. Love really Bad is. Fish. Amazing jam. But, Mike, there. I think we can all agree. You can go through pretty much both. Both the albums, both their main albums, 40 Ounces to Freedom and then the Sublime album, those two, like, you can go through the whole thing. It's one of those albums you just easily listen to the whole thing without changing any of the songs, like, which is very rare. I can't say that on a lot of albums, you know? No, there are many of them. Yeah. That's hard to do. You can go all the way through with both of them. It's amazing, man. Yeah, it's like so, one
1: big giant song,
0: basically. Pretty much. In a way. In a way. You go, it's a, it's, I mean, you know, they do, they do the real deal album. You go through the full... You go mm-hmm. through their full story. Live the full story, man. Yeah. But, uh, Mike, that has been our top three for Sublime Songs. Mike, in honor of our guest this week... I, I was thinking over the break, I was like, you know what? Hmm. British Columbia is beautiful. That's yes! really nice. I mean, all the greenery, the mountains around, It's mm-hmm. nice. And then I thought, you know what? There's some pretty cool places in Canada. Where would I want to visit in Canada? So our top three for next week, top three forest preserves or natural wonders in Canada that you would want to visit. All right. We're visiting we're visiting our neighbors to the north of the border. Sweet. Mike, and we're going to find out. I want you to do some digging. Go researching. Find what your favorite spot. I'm thinking I may be wrong when I actually do the research, but I'm thinking I'm going to have a spot like literally sort of in each region as far as one on the west coast, one in the middle, and then one on the east coast. But I don't yeah, know for sure. I'm yeah. going to I'm going to see. I've already got sort of in my mind what I'm thinking they are, but I don't know. I may find something when I start (laughs) looking it up that I go, whoa, that looks way cooler. I got to check that out. Now, am I going to check any of these out? Eh, Nope. It's debatable because that's a lot of effort, and we all know I don't do too much effort. So, (laughs) uh, but it's always good to have a list in case it does happen. You know, who knows? Maybe we do a live tour of Canada, Mike. Of the show. And we just, we need, you know, we need to stop at a couple places on the way. And so, it's good to have a list. Mm -hmm. Definitely good to have a list. sure. So, listeners, make sure you have your list. Top three Forest Preserves Natural Wonders in Canada. What's your list? We're going to do it next week. Mike... You are currently at 9 for 13 on birthday suits. We've got two more. You've got one of them. I'm pretty sure you got one of them. You might have both of them. This might be another 3 for 3. I don't okay. know. We'll see. I'm going to go the harder one, at least what I think the harder one for you will be first. Uh, born on February 8, 1931 in Marion, Indiana. His family moved to Los Angeles when he was six years old. When he was nine, his mother died of uterine cancer, and his dad sent him to live with his aunt and uncle in Fairmount, Indiana. A birthday suit was an exceptional student, played basketball and baseball, and competed in public speaking competitions. After graduating, he moved back to L.A. He spent one semester at UCLA, but dropped out to become an actor. His first role was in a Pepsi commercial. Hmm. In nineteen fifty-three he was selected to play Cal Trask in the movie East of Eden. Then right after East of Eden he played in Rebel Without a Cause. This propelled our birthday suitwear into stardom. Sadly that same year our birthday suitwear was driving fast in his Porsche. He always loved to race and wrecked, running into another car. He died at the age of twenty four. Despite being so young, our birthday suit wear has been known as a symbol of teenage angst and rebellion. Name that birthday suit wearer. Um, hmm. I'll give you the initials. JD. James Dean? James <laughs> Dean is correct. Yes. Now, that was, I had to give you both, so I'm only giving you half credit for that, Mike. Okay. Writing that down for half credit. So, you are now nine and a half for 14. Hmm. Nine and a half for 14, but that is still, oh, my camera, Mike. (laughs) Wait, what? My camera for the listeners, my camera dropped down, and Mike was unable to see me there for a couple of seconds. It was a... (laughs) It was a nice relief of having to stare at my stupid face for the last hour and a half. Anyways, uh, Mike, that is nine and a half or fourteen. Obviously James Dean, one of those just sort of famous characters of of the movies, you know. Well,
1: I didn't know he passed away so early. Oh How old yeah. was he? Twenty four.
0: Jeez. Twenty four. That's I why he was
1: like with the rat pack for some reason. With no, the no, so that's that's that. why he was Dean you Martin.
0: know, known as Forever Young. <laughs> you know? James yeah. Dean, Dean Martin, they changed the first <laughs> name, guys. last name. Um, yeah, no. It's uh it, you know, sad sad story, but uh yeah. he made two great movies. Uh and those movies are, you know, in sort of movie history there with mm-hmm. East of Eden and Rebel Without a Cause. Uh I have seen one. Or at least a little bit of one. I don't know. I have not I haven't seen any of East of Eden. Can't say that I've seen any of east of eden but i should you know what mike i'm gonna watch it and i'm gonna give the i'm gonna give the uh i'm gonna give the listeners a review all okay right? all cool. right east of eden that's a deal for you guys i know you're looking forward to it all the listeners are like jesus christ nobody asked for this. <laughs> anyways mike you are nine and a half for 14 we've got one more birthday suit are you ready let's go Born on February 8, 1970 in Chesapeake, Virginia. Our birthday suit wearer loved basketball growing up. As a 6'10 junior in high school, he led his high school team to 51 straight victories between his junior and senior year. He was named the number one recruit in 1988. He ended up going to Georgetown where he had an immediate impact. He finished his college career with 2001 points, 1,032 rebounds, and 453 blocks, which was an NCAA record for blocks. In 1992, he was drafted number two behind your favorite, Shaquille O'Neal. Our birthday suit wearer first played for the Charlotte Hornets and then the Miami Heat. Over his career, he was a seven-time All-Star, a two-time NBA All-NBA player, a two-time blocks leader, and an NBA champion in 2006 with Shaquille O'Neal. Nice. He was announced into the NBA Hall of Fame in 2014. An interesting side note for Barack Obama's 50th birthday. I must have completely missed this. For his 50th birthday at the White House, he played a bat. He played at a basketball game. Our birthday suit wear with Shane Battier, LeBron James, Magic Johnson, Maya Moore, Joe Kim, Noah, Chris Paul, and Derrick Rose. And Kobe Bryant and Bill Russell were watching the game. What a game! Yeah, that's amazing. A- I don't think I'm going to get that for my fiftieth birthday. <laughs> Just got a feeling it's going to be hard to-, to get that crew together. Uh, Mike, name that birthday suit wearer. Uh, Alonzo Morning? Alonzo Morning yes. is correct. Ten and a half for 15. Let's 10 and a Ten and a half for 15. Mike, you are on a roll for 2023. Let's My goodness. go. My goodness, man. Alonzo Morning. Zo. Big Zo. He was a, a dominant figure, you know? Good. Yeah good center right there back in the day i had so much hope for the old school charlotte team yeah of him and larry johnson you mm-hmm. know muggsy, muggsy bows, bows. Yeah. yeah that was that was a team right there and then steph it just curry's all, dad was on that team too right yeah del yeah. curry yeah Del Curry. and it all sort of just dissolved oh. just all you know you, you had Zoe go to Miami. You had Larry Johnson go to New York. You had Muggsy Bowes retire. I just lost it. Just mm. lost Wham. it. But it's all right. Zoe won a championship. He's got millions of dollars. His kidneys were better. He had a kidney uh, transplant, continued yeah. playing. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that, but he had a, he has a really serious uh, genetic kidney disease where basically a kidney was going to fail, and he had to quit basketball, and it's, I mean, extremely life-threatening. But... I think it was a cousin of his that he didn't like. He hadn't talked to in like 25 years. Was a kidney donor and do- donated one of the kidneys, and now he's he's fine and been nice. healthy since.
1: Yeah, perfect.
0: Yeah, crazy. Happy birthday to Zoe He's turning uh, 53. 53 for Zo. Nice. Happy birthday. So, Mike. We have fantastic shows coming up. We have the fantastic returning group, Hotel Fiction. Can't wait to have these ladies, Jess and Jade, back on the show. They're out there touring with uh, um, uh, Flip Turn. And both of them, they just make me, they just, both of their bands, I'm just like, God. God you young, vibrant kids. Yes! You're making me feel old and optimistic at the same time. Like I watch them and I'm just like, what? I want to get out there and do that. And then at the same time, I'm like, oh, I'm so not them. That is not me, you know? But it's amazing. They're doing fantastic things. They're out there being rock stars. It's fantastic. You can't wait to talk to them. We've also got a just a world-class legend, Coming on the show, Marty Stewart. Can't wait for Marty to be on the show. We've got a couple more artists that are coming on the show that we are trying uh, to solidify. One of the great uh, artists that we've got coming on the show, Jesse Dayton, coming to the Ponte Vedra uh, Concert Hall. This dude has played with just, just all kinds of people. This dude has played with Rob Zombie. He's played with Waylon Jennings. He's played with Johnny Cash. Crazy, mm. crazy, wow. yeah, yeah, and he's from one of our semi-regular listening spots, Beaumont, Texas. There, there we go. You go. Yeah. But regardless, Mike, we've got to wrap up the show this week. I have been your host, none other than Doc G, with me as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Ferticus Charette. Doc G, thank you so much, always a pleasure. Of course, of course, and until next week, zip it up. And zip it out.
1: Zippity-doo-dah.